jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! Now, in the before the show... The back win-win. Oh, no, no, just now, I mean. Oh, right. Well, back when, (laughs) ten seconds ago, technically, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, When we discuss, you know, a little bit of, like, okay, so we're gonna do a show. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, we always say, like, do you have any upfront business? And I fluff my hair, and I say, well, yes, I do. <laughs> and just neither of us have any up for business because nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. The wall is still there in the mm-hmm. house. Yeah, I'm still trapped in this box like a mime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Without the striped shirt, sadly. Yeah. I mean, yes, technically I did watch Knock Knock again twice. <laughs> And I'll be I'll be perfect. watching it, I'll be watching it again tonight. I can tell you that. Um, but Eli I Roth mean, is just rolling in royalties. Yeah. Um, but uh, so you know, I tend to write down throughout the course of the week if there's anything I think would be worthy of some upfront business discussion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I make a note in case I forget. Yeah, you know? in your in your little journal. Yeah. And uh, so this time I wrote down, and this must have been I must have like woken up from a dream or something and i wrote this down because i have no idea why i wrote it down why i thought it would be appropriate for this show and why i would write it down when i already know the answer to the question oh oh it's a question it's a question and the question is (laughs) are the veggie tales religious (laughs) I have no idea why I wrote that. What? Yeah. This is like when I have a thought that I think is important in the middle of the night. Mm Mm-hmm. And I say I have to make a note of this for future writing. Yeah. And then the next day I look and it says vegan shoe fair. And I say, what the fuck did that mean? That's the only explanation for it. It's like uh, the Beverly Hillbillies, but that was in the middle of my corona fever. (gasps) I just watched that the other day. It's a good movie. (laughs) But when I, you know, thought there needs to be justice for the Beverly Hillbillies theme song. Uh-huh. You know, this feels like that. So where did Are the Veggie Tales Religious come from? <laughs> Why did I think Gaylords of Darkness needs to talk about it? But you know the answer, do you not? Or is this a genuine question you're posing? I mean, they are. They are. Wait, so you know the answer. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know that the Veggie Tales are religious. Yeah, so why did I write it down? Did I write it down? <laughs> Have I splintered off? Has Blasey actually come alive? The Confederacy of Blasey. <laughs> <laughs> 
I should look around. Maybe there's like a locked door hidden behind a shelf or something. Oh, no. And maybe Blacey is like my attic person. Maybe she's my Mrs. Rochester. Oh, no. You are your own wall person. (laughs) Put that on off-Broadway. Oh, no. So, I I mean, I guess it's it's just old Blacey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> She's just leaving these menacing Zen questions yeah. all over the apartment. Yeah. Yeah, because right. otherwise, yeah, the options are what? Yeah, wall person, split, psyche, wall person, what I hope will turn into psychosexual thriller. Oh, it will. Or. <laughs> Not far to go. <laughs> or um, Dr. Strangelove scenario where your hand becomes possessed. Mm. Idle hands are strange. An idle hand, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Idle hands are the Veggie Tales's uh, <laughs> playground. What's the I don't know. <laughs> idle hands are the Devil's Workshop. No, no. the Veggie Tales were against masturbating. Oh, oh, well then, who needs them? So it's not their playground. Thank you. Yeah, who needs Veggie Tales? Listen up, cucumber. Yeah, you're shaped like a cucumber, and you're against masturbation. <laughs> Not that I'm suggesting that any of us <laughs> masturbate with vegetables. I'm just saying, in case you hadn't noticed, the cucumber is phallic. Boop, 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 boop. That's just it. <laughs> this let's, let's be an influencer, Stacey Ponder. <laughs> Woman notices thing. Breaking news. I mean, it is in quarantine. You know? (laughs) Wow. So, um, they need to get a vaccine going. (laughs) Yep, you've reached the (laughs) what's the sound of one veggie tail clapping phase of quarantine. What is the sound of one cheek clapping? Like a butt cheek? Don't people clap their cheeks? Like the butt cheeks? (laughs) Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Boise, get out of here! Oh, Anthony, hi, it's me! <laughs> wow, did you start the show already? That was Blacey. <laughs> oh no, she sounds just like you! <laughs> she was spouting nonsense. I'm I've, here now. I've been Blacey'd again. <laughs> you got Blacey'd, my friend. <laughs> Anyway. Blacey apostrophe D. Listen, send my Peabody Award to Portland, Maine. (laughs) Wow. So obviously, Disaster July continues. (laughs) Disaster July medals ever forward. Today's movie, Towering Inferno. Ooh, ooh. It's a good one, right? This is a good movie. It's a legit good movie. Uh, it's a legit butt clencher, yeah, nail cheek biter, clencher, cheek clapper, <laughs> cheek clapper, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you see why it was such a success. You see why it spawned an entire genre that would haunt us, uh, still haunts us, obviously on this show, <laughs> an entire summer so far. Yeah. Um, I did feel during it as much as I loved it. I will say this. Oh? I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It'll probably be what I utter with my dying breath. 
thank God for knock knock. <laughs> because we've been disaster July has been about six weeks long now. Yeah. And I feel that I'm drowning in movies where women aren't allowed to do things. Oh my god. Except okay. die, apparently. Except die or maybe help a man at some point. Like, the best we've had is <clears throat> Karen Black in Airport 1975. She doesn't get to land the plane. She gets yeah. to fly it for a while. Yeah. And it's just this era of film, and even the 90s disaster movies, it's like they are, the man is the male, is the lead character, he's the hero, he does the exciting things, and the women are like, oh. Even, even Amy Brenneman in, um... In daylight, in last week's. Yeah. Like, you think she's going to be the saucy playwright Maven, who <laughs> angrily sings her show tunes, and she ends up just, like, deferring to Stallone and helping yeah. him out, and then love story, and then getting sucked down an air vent. Yeah. It's like, even when the men are great and, like, cool dudes or whatever, it's still, we've just been in man town for six weeks where the women are useless because they are women mm -hmm. they're not allowed to be the architect they're not allowed to be the pilot they're not allowed to be the chief of the emts yeah 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 yeah. and i'm just i'm kind of tired of that i'll say i'm with you on that i mean look at look at perfect goddamn queen Catherine ross mm. in the swarm as the world's laziest doctor Perhaps one of the most egregious examples in this. It really is. I mean, that was a dark place. And that's saying a lot. I fucking love Catherine Ross. Yeah. Yeah. And we have certainly um, been singing the praises of the queens that are in these movies. Oh. Because these movies are full of icons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even some great characters. But they just don't get to fucking do anything. But here's the thing. When you give me Faye Dunaway in that Jessica Biel-like cape moment. <laughs> thank you, Blade Trinity fans. And you put her at the top of a burning skyscraper. And she, I'm like, I am set up to watch her like rip off parts of the cape and tie it together to descend down the burning elevator shaft, you know? Yeah. Does that happen? Not fucking like, it's not, it's not happening at all. Actually, you know, I take, at least Catherine Ross was a doctor. The worst doctor I've ever seen. <laughs> she was a doctor with many outfits. Yeah, she changed her clothes, at least. <clears throat> um, Faye Dunaway is perhaps the biggest waste of, like, look, people, I'll say this right now. I know. Fine. Faye Dunaway is a terrible person. I don't care. Is she? Oh, I don't care at all. At all. I am so, for if an actress can act, and let me tell you, Faye Dunaway can fucking act. She acts like a motherfucker. She's one of the greatest we will ever have. Mm -hmm. I don't care. If you're like, you know what? She set an orphanage on fire. I'd be like, well. <laughs> That's funny. What did the babies do? To <laughs> and they probably provoked her. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, but you've seen her in network, though, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
I am very forgiving with actresses, okay? I and love her slapping that gay in the Broadway show. We should, every gay on the planet should be so lucky. What did she call him? A uh, little gay man, I believe. <laughs> oh, a little gay boy. She called him a little gay boy. Little gay boy. That's a badge of fucking honor. Faye Dunaway s- threatens you and then slaps you and calls you that? I would never wash my face again. No, you'd have to get it insured and bronzed. Yeah, it'd be like baby shoes. They'd be like, what's with what's up with your cheek? And I'd be like, Faye Dunaway slapped me and called me a little gay boy. And they'd be like, oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> I'd look like the fucking Phantom of the Opera because half my face would be bronzed. <laughs> excuse me it's Faye Dunaway I mean I've heard I know people who have had personal experiences where they're like she's just not a nice person I don't care I what I care to the extent that it's been detrimental to her career yeah she doesn't get I mean she was in the bye-bye man you know what I mean like (laughs) she doesn't deserve that I don't care how terrible she is Faye Dunaway is a legend she's fucking perfect when I think of faces that I immediately need to see act at all times, I think of Faye Dunaway. Mm-hmm. I love her. Yeah. This movie is too much. Like, and I say that in a good way. Too much explosions. Too much uh, glass. Too many floors. Too many minutes. It's a very long movie. The one thing, the one area where it comes up short, there is not nearly enough Faye Dunaway. She is, they just cut to her like maybe four times in the entire movie and she just goes, oh, well, mm. Yeah. And then they like, are like, okay, Faye, bye. <laughs> and then it's over. <laughs> you have she Faye does, Dunaway. She does nothing. I was so excited because I, and I saw the cast, Stacey, like when the cast comes up and it says Paul Newman and Steve McQueen. And I was like, oh, okay, I like them. And then it shows, you know, all these other names. There were like two women's names. In the entire yeah. thing. Faye Dunaway yeah. is one of them. So I say, okay, if there's two women in this movie, at least I get to see Faye Dunaway using that cape to, to crawl through an air shaft. Yeah. Doesn't fucking happen. She doesn't do shit. She doesn't have a role. No. And that's when I, I, I reached my fed up point because I was like, these movies, the woman is not allowed to be the architect. Yeah. Like, that's just not even ever going to be on the table. Yeah. She might be the architect's wife if she's lucky. You know, she ain't President Pilot. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it's a big strike against this movie, but this movie rocks my world. Though. Okay, I mean, all of that said, it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I love Paul Newman. Paul Newman is my salsa daddy. <laughs> He's also my salad dressing daddy. My lemonade daddy. On occasion, he's my mayonnaise daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! (laughs) I love Paul Newman. I love his products. Well, and as Jason said, he's the prettiest of them all. I mean, he was a good dude, right? I mean, you you have your Sam Elliott. Sure. Paul Newman, also probably one of the best men that has ever been put on this earth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and look at that lineup of products we just named. Yeah. They all do good. They all do good. If you don't know about Newman's own products, if you're if you live in America and you don't know about Newman's own products, no, they're not a sponsor of this show. I wish they were. Okay, they sponsor my life. They sponsor 
a lot of uh, shelf space in my refrigerator. <laughs> Profits go to charity. And it's good salsa. Just saying. Maybe someone out there doesn't know about it, Anthony. I'm doing a public service, okay? Thank you. It's good charity and it's good salsa. <laughs> I don't know why it's making me cry. <laughs> but it is. If I it just... wasn't if it wasn't good salsa, I wouldn't eat it anyway. You know what I mean? Stacy, I'm not I'm not trying to take you to task by any means. I just I love <laughs> I gen- when like you have a quality about of sincerity about you that's really impactful, <laughs> and I love the impassioned jingles that occasionally come out on the show. For historically now, the National Park Service, the United States Post Office, and Newman's Own Products. <laughs> so amazing first of all if everybody felt the way i felt about the post office we might not be in the trouble we're in right now okay that shit is fall that shit's a disaster film its own yeah everyone's realizing how wonderful the post office is now okay meanwhile two years ago i would say i can't believe i can send a piece of paper across this country for 50 cents all i do is slap a stamp on and two days later lo and behold yeah and now it's like, well, I hope my new kidney gets here before I die. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> because they just put it in the, they just bring it to the post office. Yeah, they just leave it there. Yeah. You can buy drone <laughs> delivery ten years from now if you want. <laughs> if you want your box. It's like, uh, but that's well, what, what do we got? Oh, here we got your penny saver. <laughs> we got your super coops packet. Those are your local coupons. <laughs> and uh, here's your kidney. <laughs> oh, thank you. <gasps> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, I appreciate your perhaps snark, but it's true. It's I've, a sincere I, snark. Okay. That's fair. I enjoy your passion. And yeah. and this is all true. If we had only listened, how what a different world we might be living in. So, oh. Paul Newman, here's to you, old blue eyes. Why buy a regular salsa when you can buy a good salsa that gives money to charity? With that face on it. With his little face on it. It's this a is, good face. This is what I have to ask. I mean, granted, there's a few moments where he's, like, kind of strange in this movie. Like, um, like he doesn't fully achieve, like, action hero <laughs> He doesn't, it feels like he's not trying a lot. Like, there's that scene when, you know, the fire breaks out in the building. Because, what, what, there's a giant building. They're like, it's a new skyscraper. Here's the guy that made it. Here's the guy that did the electric stuff. Uh, everyone's having a party. Oh, now it's on fire now. How will everybody get out? That's the whole movie. Yeah. And the fire breaks out, and Paul Newman runs up there, and O.J. Simpson runs up there. And and then the uh, the fire... The, Fire blows up like there's a backdraft moment and the tiles from the ceiling collapse on this firefighter. And Paul Newman just stands there staring at everything. Yeah. And OJ's like getting shit done. The other firefighters do it and they're like, do something. And Paul Newman is just standing there like panic, like shell-shocked. Yeah. And I get that that's a realistic response, but... Yeah, what, men can't be shell-shocked, Anthony? But as an action hero, where in the lineup of these films... 
we haven't seen like that response where he's just kind of like oh uh like he's kind of bumbly in it (laughs) Mm, and it's an interesting choice every now and then um but 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 even with that uh acknowledged i have to ask when we had paul newman why was charlton heston in all these other ones honestly why was i I thought the same thing i thought the same thing when you have beautiful blue eyes and his mayonnaise or lemonade or salsa ice cream he's just juggling it all in the back of the frame when you have that why would you go and get sneers a lot why should i have to look at charlton heston's sweaty chiclet teeth when i could be looking at paul newman right as a lesbian i find this doubly offensive you know, I mean, it is quite a cast. It, I mean, Faye Dunaway, obviously William Holden, who would reunite with her in Network. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Paul Newman. Steve McQueen, mm-hmm. we mentioned. Love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Not enough Robert Vaughn. Richard Chamberlain, once again, from Back from the Swarm. He's a delightful cad in this movie. Oh, he's such an asshole. <laughs> yeah. He's so like the, the Titanic Billy Zane of this film. Yes. Yeah, O.J. Simpson, as you mentioned, which is always, he's as jarring as the two the Twin Towers that we mentioned last time. Oh, no. Right? Honestly? It's, it's, well, and this film features not one but two wife killers. You get O.J. Simpson and Robert Wagner. So two for the price of one in this film. <laughs> So it makes a very awkward viewing session. Yeah. Well, it, you know what? It was the times. <laughs> Everyone was doing it. Was Who it. wasn't killing their wife? Yeah. <laughs> oh, save, God. Save that soundbite for our awards ceremony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is very jarring. My process of seeing O.J. Simpson come on screen is always like, Oh, it's OJ from police from Naked Gun. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I always think Naked Gun first and then I immediately remember, oh, and then he brutally murdered Nicole Brown Simpson. <laughs> yeah. And then I go back to, oh, but he was also a Naked Gun. Oh. It's very weird. I won't not watch things that he's in. I'm not there, but it is like a uh... I mean, he's a terrible person. Terrible, vile human being. And basically admitted murderer. Yeah. You know. Oh, well. <laughs> and same with Robert Wagner. Yeah. I know. Robert, I, I feel more upset about Robert Wagner. He was one, he was one heart of heart to heart. He was, he was, yeah, yeah. Heart point five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was that, he was... Who could forget his star turn as number two in the acclaimed Austin Powers franchise? <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. you think, oh, and he also uh, drowned Natalie Wood. Yeah, sure. And while well, Christopher Walken did something, nobody knows what. But this film also has Bobby Brady. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> there you go. There is that and Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire. Which is weird. Complete with a Singing in the Rain reference. Yeah. Well, they had to, right? They had to. And, you know, everyone in the theater went, oh. I get that reference. It's a lamppost on him. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you summed up the movie, right? Uh, They tried to cut, Richard Chamberlain tried to cut corners on cost, building this 
glass tower that is the tallest building in the world. It's in San Francisco. And due to cutting the costs, he uh, implemented, and I quote, kooky wiring. <laughs> oh, he said kooky? I thought he said kooky. I heard him say fooky, and I was like, what's fooky mean? <laughs> But kooky makes more sense. Kooky makes a little more sense. Continue. Uh, And, you know, they overheat. Next thing you know, there's fires. Uh, Fires popping up all over this towering building. So much so that it becomes a towering inferno. There, we said the title. I was waiting for it. Yeah. (laughs) You faked me out there for a minute. How are they going to get out when they're on the 134th floor? Hmm. Having their... Having their penthouse promenade party to celebrate the launch of this new glass atrocity. Everyone's yeah. there. The mayor, his wife, everyone. Yeah. Robert Vaughn is there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I mentioned him, but who doesn't love Robert Vaughn? You're just standing Robert Vaughn today. I don't know why. You know why? Because he is reminding me, his appearance reminded me of, like, he was always a spokesman for personal injury lawyers. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> On commercials, it'd be like, if you've been in an accident, tell them you mean business. And then it was like, you know he just stood in the studio all day and was like, you call Trantolo and Trantolo. You call Smith and Wesson or whoever. Like, he just went down a list. <laughs> Smith and Wesson, injury so that, lawyers. <laughs> yeah, so that we all had our localized Robert Vaughn personal injury lawyer commercials. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it was that, I don't know why I got warm and fuzzy over that, but I did. Well, it was a kinder time when you weren't trapped between four walls. That is true. When I wasn't my own wall person. <laughs> What a carefree life it had been. Oh, well. Uh, Yeah, so, you know, man's folly. Man's reach exceeding his grasp. Here we are with a towering inferno. They got to get all these people out. They try a bunch of different things. People die. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, people die. It's a pretty brutal movie when it wants to be. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, characters we've been with since the beginning might die at the end. Especially if they're women. <laughs> yes. <laughs> women stand very little chance. Yeah, they do. Uh, well, they're women. They're not doing anything, you know? They're just cowering in fear. Um, I think my favorite part of this film... I have, well, I have two favorite parts of this film. One of them comes fairly early on after the fire's broken out. Robert Wagner has been canoodling with his secretary. Oh, <gasps> Right? And now they are trapped by the fire. They're trapped in a bedroom. And she says, I always did want to die in bed. Because it's looking real bad for them. There's flames in the room outside. And he runs a towel under the sink, gets it nice and wet, puts it on his head, and says, like, I used to be able to run really fast. I did the 100 meters in 10 seconds or whatever. Don't worry. I'm going to go get help. The sweeping John Williams score kicks in. It's heroic. It's romantic. It's incredible. I'll see you, baby. I'll be right back. He runs out and is immediately engulfed in flames. Literally the second he steps out of the room, he's exploded. 
there's so much build up and it's like we're gonna get out of here i know we are i'll be right back and instantaneously he's dead it's so good <laughs> he just bursts into flames i loved it it's so good and then she dies a few minutes later yeah she dies horribly it was it was a really uh satisfying use of robert wagner in that yes. moment yeah were, were we supposed to be judging them I wasn't sure, like, since they were, like, it was, like, an office romance, or, like, if there was something illicit that was supposed to be happening in that, or we were supposed to read in that, and that's why they were the first to immediately just blow up these brutal smoke and fire-induced, and jumping out of windows on in (laughs) flames-induced deaths. Maybe. What's your other favorite part? My other favorite part is equally brutal, and comes towards the end, where... There's, like, people are, they've tried all kinds of different things to get people out, right? They've tried landing a helicopter on the roof, and it has blown up. Uh, They're gonna rig up a rope thing, pulley thing, to a a roof across the way. Then they've loaded this scenic elevator that's on the outside of the building, which, excuse me, no fucking way. No way. Ever. You're 134 stories up. And when every other elevator has, like, exploded? Yeah. So they all get into this elevator. A bunch of women and some children. Bobby Brady. Faye Dunaway. And the lady whose name I never learned, but she was in the whole movie. Jennifer Jones as Miss Lisolette Miller. Yeah. I didn't know her character name. I knew it was Jennifer Jones. She's the older woman who's having the romance with Fred Astaire, right? She has a cat. She cares about her deaf neighbor. She saves the children. She literally saves the children. She has endured a lot at this point. She's really dug deep and gotten herself out of some bad situations. In the elevator, there's an explosion in the building. The elevator comes off its track. She falls out of the elevator. She hands, like, somebody else grabs the child that she's holding. She falls out. Ah! You watch her body go down. And she hits something on the way down. Yeah. And spins like thirty stories to her death. It is. It is sh- I screamed. It is shocking. I, that's when my notes literally became all caps and took up the entire page. <laughs> as I said, oh my god, they Titanic'd her. <laughs> Now, Stacy, you revealed to me you have not seen Titanic, right? This is true. You, so you're the one. So, but you probably have seen the scene, which now I know where James Cameron got it. When they're on, everyone's like all, the last survivors are on the top of the ship because you know when it like breaks in half and then you just have the big vertical part that then goes down. Mm. Um, all the people are on the top of the ship, and then this one guy falls off of it, and he hits the propeller. Like, he's falling, 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 his head or something hits the propeller, and then it goes ding, and then he, like, 180 spins all the way off from that into the water. Wow. And it's exactly poor Mrs. Lisolette Miller in (laughs) Towering Inferno. Yeah. It's shocking that it's not one of the other nameless women in the elevator. It's like this this woman who we fully expect to live, who has saved the children, who has been through so much, who we met in the, you know first 15 minutes of the movie for her to die that way is bold Uh, it's i thought it was profoundly fucked up it's very sad um it is aggressively shocking and almost hilariously so (laughs) because you're like holy shit 
I mean, they did a good job with that, but what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then, and then my, my daylight trauma comes back and I'm saying, what is it with these films where they're setting up these glorious reunions like we had with George and, uh, and his boo who worked in the control center in daylight. And then he just ends up laying on a plank and dying and Stallone brings back the bracelet to her. Right. Mm-hmm. In this, they set up, oh, no, she left her, she saved the Jeff children, but she left her little Mr. Kitty in her apartment. But then O.J. Simpson goes, saves the cat. O.J. Simpson disappears from the rest of the film until at the end when he brings the cat, like, Fred Astaire finds out that Lisa Lett Miller has been titanic and then O.J. Simpson just walks up, hands him the cat, and walks away. Yeah. And I said... I wanted. I, I was holding out hope that she would get back to little Mr. Kitty. Yeah, I was so sad. At least the cat is alive, I guess. At least the cat's alive and living with a grifter now. <laughs> yeah. Fred Astaire, who was going to con her into buying fake stock, but then they fell in love, and then she doesn't care. <laughs> That's why she died. That's why she died. She had poor. Judgment. He doesn't die. She's punished for that. No. She, she's punished for forgiving a grifter. Yeah. That's the lesson. Be spiteful. Wow. Yeah, if she hadn't saved those deaf kids, if she hadn't fallen in love with the grifter. That's the only lesson I get from it. If slasher movies teach us not to have sex, what am I supposed to infer from this? (laughs) Don't hook up with those elderly grifters, Stacey. Yeah, see? It's a blockbuster. It, it is. I mean, literally, there was glass flying everywhere all over <laughs> yeah. San Francisco. I was thinking, those poor people, where are they, where is, if they have, they said like, you know, because this place is a giant, once again, towering inferno. It's made out of glass. Um, fun fact, this was originally Erwin Allen, the master of disaster, who produced this, but who it says in the credits, action sequences directed by Erwin yeah. Allen. Because he didn't trust his director he hired enough. Yeah. Uh, he got, he he wanted to d- adapt this book, The Tower, but then um, uh, somebody else ended up getting the rights out from under him, so then he bought the rights to do The Glass Inferno, which is another book, and then the two companies, I think it was 20th Century Fox and Warner Brothers, then were like, oh, well, let's just do it together. And they combined their rights, and then they adapted... <laughs> They just mashed the two books together and made it the Towering Inferno. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, because it's this glass inferno monstrosity, uh, and glass is going to be flying off of this building and impaling people left and right all over San Francisco, they make like a, they're like, <laughs> okay, we need to extend the radius, the barricade radius by like four blocks. But I'm like, they were, they had the emergency crew right directly under the building. Yeah, that's where, like, the nurses were tending to people. Yeah, so how are they not all impaled in rebar and glass? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. Well, how did everybody actually get out at the end? Like, at the end, their big solution, they've evacuated the oh, women yeah. and the children, right? The only ones left up on the 134th floor in the promenade are the men, including Paul Newman and William Holden. And uh, so they're going to send Steve McQueen up. They're going to blow up the water tanks that are, like, on the floor above. Millions of gallons of water are going to wash down and put out all the fires. It's all they can do, or all these people are going to die. So they do it, and some people die in the water. 
but then everybody else is fine, and they're walking out. And I'm like, how did they get down? <laughs> yeah, but they've established that the stairwells have been destroyed. Yeah. The elevators have all exploded. You can't bring a helicopter up there because there's too much wind. Like, they tried it, and the helicopter crashed. <laughs> the helicopter, let's be real, it spontaneously exploded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, you know, how did all of those men get down? That's the first thing I was wondering was like, okay, you're going to put out the fire, but how are you getting anybody else anywhere? Yeah. So. I mean, well, maybe, maybe they can try the helicopter thing again, because you know what went wrong with those helicopters when they were ushering up the women and children first? Yeah, the women went wrong. Exactly. Paul Newman said, let's all walk calmly one at a time. And it's windy up there, so don't run at it. And then they they got up there. Those women saw that. Those two women ran at the helicopter, and they spooked it. And then it exploded. (laughs) You have to approach it cautiously. Yeah, you have to treat it like a horse. You can't upset. You can't alarm your helicopter. It will will spontaneously explode. Yeah, I I was very concerned about how they would get out of um, that building and... And I was just, like, walked right out of the lobby at the end. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe it's, like, the Descent 2 and there was another, ele- a secret elevator that nobody knew about. Oh, that could be. There's always a secret elevator. Yeah. Um, I was also very concerned about the state of the promenade after because I loved the, the faux grass carpet. Mm. <laughs> and this, like, outdoor green experience that they had up uh. there. I was dying for some of those furniture and color oh, schemes. Those orange offices, Paul oh. Newman's Paul Newman's bed with that like yeah. orange satin uh, and yeah. velvet. Oh, I mean, I guess Faye Dunaway did do that. She convinced him to build the secret bedroom back there so they could do it in private whenever they wanted. Could you believe? Could you believe? Then she's like, well, I want this life. I want you. I do. But also, I'm going to be a magazine editor. Like, she was going to choose. She ultimately, I think, chooses him over that job. Yeah. And when they have their big goodbye moment, when she's going to get in the outside elevator, death elevator, uh, she's like, I'll go with you anywhere. Mendocino. she's, She's given up her career aspirations. They took away her role in this movie, and they take away her career at the same time. Um, I spent a lot of this movie very concerned for Mrs. Mayor Ramsey. Yes, she has her big emotional moment. She does. <laughs> How will the children find the key to the lockbox? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, that was, you know, it was a thing that I had mentioned before. We haven't, like, we've seen her. She's the mayor's wife, but she hasn't had a real role at all. And then she has her one scene where she gets to be emotional and talk about, oh, we need to get back to the children because do they know that we love them? Mm-hmm. Will they be able to find the key to the safety deposit box? And the actress just made the most of her emotional scene. She was great. And then and then they were like, never mind, you're out of the movie. Get in that elevator, almost die, and now we're going to airlift you down. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> and now you won't be in the rest of the movie ever again. Yeah. But your hair looks great. Yes. Excellent lace front. (laughs) But that's, I mean, I think that's one of the the other things. Like, when you talk about um, women not getting to do anything, one thing that I do love, and that is true in this, obviously, 
unless you fall out of an elevator and go ding and spiral out (laughs) down to the ground and explode um one thing i also love about these disaster films is that there's typically always this super established grand dame Mm-hmm. actor that shows up you know we have Gloria Swanson we have Olivia de Havilland we have Shelley Winter there isn't that in this movie yeah like why wasn't Mrs. Mayor Ramsey's role expanded and why wasn't she played by like Debbie Reynolds or something I don't know I thought the same thing about the Jennifer Jones character yeah like, no offense to Jennifer Jones but that should have been Joan Crawford it I mean wasn't her face asking as much Mm-hmm. suggesting as much yeah i will say for two when i i was horrified stacy when uh i mean maybe i felt spoiled by the 56 minute runtime of host but when i saw two minutes and 45 two hours and two minutes and 45 seconds this movie is too long <laughs> Going two, two hours 45 minutes yeah i was horrified but i will say like Unlike The Swarm, which actually I have been thinking more and more fondly of, just the bizarreness of that movie, which is shocking <laughs> to me. Um, it doesn't feel that long, at least. True. I True. thought it's, it's it's something is constantly happening, even if you're screaming, why isn't Faye Dunaway doing anything? And it is a really enjoyable movie. Like It really is. It's people die horribly. That part? <laughs> when they're, they're first up on the promenade, and William Holden is like, okay, everyone, just start getting in the elevators and evacuating. And then, oh, yeah. and then he finds out. Oh wait, no, don't go in. Don't get in that elevator. We've been told that that elevator could stop on the floor that the fire's on. So don't. Nobody else get in this elevator. And then it opens. And once again, in the past, we might have said this is so unrealistic. But now we know Americans are that fucking stupid. I mean, it's just <laughs> confirmed. So then they all pile in the elevator. The elevator goes down. We see from the floor that the fire's on. The door opens. Ding! Fucking backdraft blows in and barbecues all those rich people. Yeah. And then the elevator comes back up to the promenade and opens and everyone's traumatized by all these (laughs) burnt up people. Yeah, it's just full of dead burnt bodies. And then that one man who's on fire comes out. He's like, ah! Yeah! It's like, holy shit. I did think about that. I was like... People are going to have survived this. They're all going to be so... Like, they're all so traumatized by all of this. Bobby Brady and his sister? (laughs) Those kids are fucked for life. Yeah. Love the movie. Love... I love a Maureen McGovern (laughs) song. We may never love like this again. It needs parentheses. Uh, It needs, like, love theme from Towering Inferno. But it's still... It's good enough. To really complete the the need, our need. Yeah. It should be that. <laughs> yeah. It's very Carpenter's medley. I was very surprised how Carpenter's it sounded. Yes. Um, yeah. Not as sweeping epic as some of the other love themes from such hit films as Poseidon Adventure or Daylight or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what really completes a disaster film for me is the, the love theme. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, every time Faye Dunaway came on, I was like, there she is. And then she was gone again in a flash. Especially when she gets that big, like, introduction. Mm-hmm. Where he walks into his his special architect office. 
<laughs> and then and then he walks up to the chair and then the woman spins around from the chair and she's like well, hello or whatever <laughs> she's like a bond villain or something yeah <laughs> she is <laughs> and then she's like anyway i'll see you in 45 minutes <laughs> and then she disappears yeah yeah, yeah 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 and we see her three more times and she doesn't say anything most of the time I thought I thought she was gonna get cool stuff to do because she's like high powered, works at a magazine, spins around in chairs. She reduces him to a sex object. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, get on the bed, and he's like, I packed eighty pairs of glamorous underwear for you, or something. Mm-hmm. Like of his own underwear to tantalize her. Yeah. And I was like, oh, she's gonna be in control. I'm gonna watch her use an ice axe to get people out of this situation. Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> Did not happen. She looks worried. Yeah. And that's about the extent of it. Is she more... She's... I mean, not that Catherine Ross got to do anything, because she didn't, but is she more wasted than Catherine Ross in the swarm? Yes. Because at least they they pretended that Catherine Ross was doing things. They made an effort to make it seem like she was doing things. <laughs> but as you're watching it, you're like, she's not doing shit. She stands and watches as someone needs CPR. Yeah, she's like, I'm a doctor. What could I possibly do? <laughs> <laughs> and then she changes her clothes and gets in the van and you know so at least she's in the movie and is seen as one of the heroes where Faye Dunaway is just excess baggage she's just there should never be the case her Faye Dunaway and that poor bartender that was still expected to work I know <laughs> I just said these two people need to unionize. I could not believe they killed him at the end. All he did, he just worked through the whole, everyone's in a panic and dying and he's serving up hot fudge sundaes to the kids and is like, hey, Mr. So-and-so, can I get you a bourbon? Like, yeah. this poor fucking minimum wage dude yeah. works through all of this and then dies at the last minute. He's trying to tie up the expensive wine <laughs> yeah. so it gets saved. And yeah. then a fucking statue crushes him. Yeah. I was shocked. Mm-hmm. Wow. Disaster July. Uh, it keeps on disastering. It hates women and sometimes it kills your wife. But I love these movies. Stacy, are you ready to place your head on the chopping block? Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chopping block. People seem to like the chopping block. That's nice. I'm so happy that anyone enjoys the chopping block because personally it makes me wet myself. Yeah. I didn't know. It's TMI. I didn't oh, I'm sorry. Great. Now while we're playing, I'm gonna think about you peeing. You're gonna you're gonna That's usually nighttime <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> Is when you think about me peeing. Yeah. <laughs> Now I have to do it while I try to answer questions. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. That's my little gift to you. I said, how can we up the stakes on this episode of the Chopping Block? <laughs> yeah. If you don't know, and I hope you do know, because it's my new favorite part of the show, the Chopping Block is our little question and answer game show sequence. Um, we have three categories set up, ready to go. The, the, the person being questioned picks one category. You get five questions, and you have ten seconds to answer each. If you get anything wrong, you get your head chopped off by the scary heads they. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, 
I like it. <laughs> no one's won yet. Maybe no one has won. Maybe someday someone will win. I think you're going to do okay today. I hope so. So far I have a record of two. Or I got to two. <laughs> yeah. You got to five. You didn't win, but you got I to five. I can't seal the deal, though. Yeah. You know? So, I but I have a good feeling about today. I, I do, do, too. Yeah. What do we win? Nothing. Nope. <laughs> not a thing. Just uh, a sense of pride and accomplishment. And... And our heads still securely attached to our body. Is that a prize? No, not in this world. Right. Just throw me out the fucking elevator. I'm Mrs. Miller. <laughs> Is the prize getting your head chopped off? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. It's, it's an inverse. So then I have won. Yeah, <laughs> Every won. time. Yep. So who went first last time? I, now I don't remember. I think... I don't remember either. I was going to ask you. I think you answered first last time. Okay, let's let's do that. So you'll answer? Yeah. All right. Stacy Jane Ponder, are you ready for the <laughs> chopping block? I've got three categories for you. Categories okay. are terror at 30,000 feet. Category is Perfect Queens from Outer Space, in which you name the actress in the film. Oh, dear. Or brand new category, Five Words, in which you must name the film described from just five words. Oh, like a name that tune. Mm-hmm. Or like, I, a, like Taboo. I can name that film in five words. <laughs> you want to do that? Let's do that one. All right. Question one, and you have ten seconds once the question is asked. Question one. <clears throat> And really, it's not a question. I just described five words to you. <laughs> this is like password. This is all. This is one of my dreams coming true right now. I'm going to pretend you're Deborah Lee Scott. Oh, l- 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 just thank you is what I mean to say. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> First up, suburban, perfect, paranoia, recipe, replica. Stepford Wives. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, God, I'm nervous. Number two, vacation, med students, invasive, bones, foliage. The ruins? Ding, 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 ding. Oh, they were med students? Number three, vampire, castle, pestilence, sacrifice, Germany. Nosferatu? Ding, 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 ding. Oh, God. Number four. Shotgun. (laughs) Shotgun. Hallucination. Lovers. Flaying. Eyes. Miners! Ding, 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 ding. All right. You're on to the final set here. Number five. Hospital. Final girl. Nurses. Nightmare. Horse. Halloween 2. Uh, which Halloween 2? Rob Zombies. Ding, 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 You won the chopping block! You won the chopping block! 
because you said horse. If you had said wig, it would have been the other one. That's the thing. With each of these, it's like, how do you set them off with just, like, one word? Yeah. Some of them not so much, but uh, with that one, I was like, this could be Cold Prey. It could be Halloween 2. It could be also Halloween (laughs) 2. It could be Scream 4. It could be Black Xmas. Oh. I did it. You did it, Stacy. You beat the five words edition of the chopping block. Congratulations. See what she didn't win. Thank you. <laughs> you have to stay shit. alive. <laughs> I didn't win shit. <laughs> well done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Bragging rights. Well done. Acclaimed winner of the chopping block and yeah. lesbian pod influencer, Stacy Ponder. Yeah. I'm going to put it on my Twitter bio. I don't have a Twitter. There's a Gaylord's Twitter. Gaylord's a D. Oh, yeah, there is. You could put it on your LinkedIn account. That's what I'll do. And yeah. on my resume under special skills. <laughs> yeah, winner of game show on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, wow. All right. Well. All right, Survivor. Hit me. For once, the chopping block isn't covered in blood as the second person steps up to it. Well, just you wait. You place your head on the old chopping block and get prepared to answer five uh, devilish questions in one of the following three categories. Ooh, do I put my fingers in eyeballs? (laughs) This is the witch's hair. (laughs) All right, your categories are night soaps. Oh. Name that vampire. <laughs> Slice me off a piece of that beefcake. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I am feeling the call of the spirit, and I'm going to go for night soaps. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh, I'm thrilled. Oh, no. <laughs> you know I love a night soap. I know you do. You know, I have to say, I have noticed an uptick in Dallas-related activity amongst some of our listeners, and I can't help but think it is because I have resurrected my Dallas blog, Dallas Reviewed, at dallasreviewed.blogspot.com. I'm just saying. Well... Unless somehow Dallas is suddenly in the zitgeist. (laughs) I mean, I think all you had to do was get that Dallas RPG game. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to crack that open. All right, night soaps. Here we go. These are horror-related night soaps questions. All right, everybody. I'm not that cruel. So I'm not, like, naming Knots Landing. I mean, you could be, but I would think that the clue would give you enough of a clue and would be horror related for you to. This is all, it's all horror flavored. Okay, okay, okay. About night subs, all right? Okay. Okay, here we go. Question one. This, whatever happened to Baby Jane Star, appeared in the pilot episode of Arthur Haley's Hotel, but ill health prevented her from appearing in the regular season. Um. Uh, Betty Davis? Yes, ding, yes! ding, ding. Oh. Question two. Julie Harris of the 1963 film The Haunting and Joan Van Ark of the 1972 film Frogs starred as mother and daughter on which night soap that began in 1979 and ran for 14 seasons? Oh, Frogs. Oh, fuck. Joan Van Ark. Um, 
Uh, not landing. Yes. Ding, ding, oh my ding. god. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Question three. Soapception. Carrie Ann Moss of Television's Models Inc. starred as a 1950s housewife in this 2006 <gasps> zombie comedy. Oh, uh, uh, Fido! 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 Yes. Fido! 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 Yes. Fido. <laughs> ding, ding! 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 <laughs> Question four. Look at you go. (laughs) (laughs) The glamorous Joan Collins of television's dynasty is terrorized by a maniacal Santa Claus in which 1972 anthology film? Tales from the Crypt. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) (laughs) Question five. See, I told you. Question five. In the 1976 film Dogs, Linda Gray is eaten by dogs. In which night soap is her soul eaten by her loveless marriage to ruthless oil baron J.R. Ewing? Dallas! Yeah, ding, 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 oh ding, 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 I'm covered in pee, and I've never been happier. <laughs> I'm crying. I lived. I lived. You lived. We both lived. Oh my God, Stacy, we cracked the code. Yeah. Oh. See, I Holy told you you shit. could do it. Oh, that last one! It, it wasn't until you said Jr. that I did. I had no clue because I don't know dogs. I don't know. Don't Gray. say you don't. Don't say you don't know Linda Gray because not only, excuse me, is she <laughs> Sue Ellen Ewing of Television's Dallas? All right, uh-huh. she is also the head of a little business called Models, Inc. All right? Oh, shit. It all loops back. She is an icon, period. She sounds like a queen. She's a fucking queen. Thank you. Well, now I know. Yeah. God, wow. I had a few. That's why I put J.R. I'm like, who doesn't know J.R. Ewing? Everybody, even people who have never seen a television know who J.R. Ewing is. (laughs) Yeah, the the Green Inferno tribes people know J.R. Ewing. (laughs) That's, you know what? That's that's what actually happened. He said he showed them Cannibal Holocaust. (laughs) He actually showed them the season three cliffhanger wherein someone shoots J.R. Ewing. (laughs) To get those people in the mood. Oh, I believe yeah. it. Yeah, night soap. I love a night soap. I love a night soap. It's it's saved my life. Yeah, <laughs> what the, mo- the horror ties are very real. Thank you. Who knew there was such crossover? Yeah, and who knew so much of it was located around Models Inc. <laughs> um, I did. <laughs> You've been preaching this gospel and we're only now showing up to the party, man. I'm telling don't let this be another United States Postal Service, okay? Everybody get on board with this now. Get your salsa, get your mayonnaise, and show up and do the work. <laughs> you know what? That's what I say to everyone I swipe right on Tinder. Yeah, all of my all of my late. All night of my texts. rights all my right swipes. 
all of my grinder dates, I say, bring the mayonnaise and the salsa. <laughs> Let's get busy. You up? Yeah, yep. bring the mayonnaise and the salsa. Bring the mayonnaise and the salsa. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm hungry. <laughs> oh. Oh, all right. Well. Wait, but even then. What even go- then. Do, what yeah. goes with it? <laughs> or do you just mix the two? Ew. For a nice uh, pico spiced mayo. That seem doesn't that seem like something some white ass lady on the cooking network or whatever the food network would do? She'd be like, "It's time for a Mexican potato salad," right? Mm-hmm. And she'd fucking put salsa mm-hmm. in it. But she would also call. Uh, she would call it aioli. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Salsa aioli. That's right. Well, we've reached that point of the show. Yep, it's uh, uh, always a scintillating <laughs> ending when you start talking about condiments. <laughs> this is why we're the number one queer horror podcast, obviously. Why Mark. we're constantly featured on Apple's podcasts of note. <laughs> yeah, um, come for our game show, stay for our mayonnaise chat. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they don't even. What about this queer horror podcast, Gaylord's Dark? Well, they don't even talk about horror movies uh, anymore. <laughs> and they play a game show that really only entertains the two of them. And then they talk about mayonnaise. <laughs> and peeing themselves. And peeing themselves. Oh, well. Love it's it a brand. It, Love it or leave it, I say. It's a brand. Uh, you can find out more about us if this is your first time listening and you're never listening again. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, you can. You can come back and learn more. Uh, once again, our Twitter is at Gaylords of D. Our Instagram is Gaylords of Darkness. Our Facebook is Gaylords of Darkness. Uh, we are at GaylordsofDarkness.com. I see a recurring theme here. Um, but yeah, hit us up. Yeah, if you want to. Or don't. If you want to read about Dallas, it's every Friday. DallasReview.blogspot.com. That's the one. And maybe you'll know the answers to the Night Soap questions, okay? Oh. <sighs> I'm spreading some gospel, baby. Oh, I can't. What? I'm gonna. I feel like I'm gonna. Just as payback, I'm gonna die with the first question for the next like five rounds of this game. Oh, same. Oh yeah. wow. But don't today, get don't get too cocky, kid. Thank you for calling me in. <laughs> today we can live in glory. Yeah. Just today. I'm gonna take my head. That is still attached. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'll just uh... whip up some mayonnaise. Maybe get some mayonnaise, maybe, uh, I don't know, stare at the same fucking walls I've been staring at for months. Bye! (laughs) Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! god. Oh my god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Ha, ha, ha.